What kind of man are you? This life will require you to be steadfast, immovable, strong, and courageous. Though this world says you should get a trophy just for showing up, and there are no winners and losers, you must train to win the prize. You do the hard things. You persevere. You are becoming the man God created you to be. You exercise discipline. The discipline of manliness. Guys, welcome back to another episode in the Discipline of Manliness podcast. I'm Colin Hornback, your host and founder of this show. I'm excited to be back with you guys again to bring you yet another episode. This episode is going to be all about what your language says about you. This is going to be talking about the things that our language is communicating to others outside of maybe the actual words that we're choosing to say. So this case, we're going to be discussing a lot in the realm of using foul language and things like swearing, but this is also applicable to other things like gossiping, lying, using negative talk, um, a lot of different aspects, crude joking, other things like that. So we'll be able to apply those things in here, but a lot of my main points of what I'm driving on is going to be the the use of using foul language. Before we get too deep into the show, guys, I do want to make a request. I've got two things I need from you. One, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love it if you would go in and leave a rating and review in your podcast channel that you're using or your podcast platform. And two, I would hope you guys would just, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. Would love to make sure that you guys are getting the latest episodes as soon as they launch. I launch those every Tuesday morning, but I'd love it if you guys were subscribed. So I know you guys are getting those right off the bat. First thing Tuesdays, you guys can be listening to these episodes and then giving me all the feedback that I need to keep making this show better. I'd love to keep giving you guys the content that you're interested in hearing about, hitting on topics you guys are interested in hearing and just delivering you guys with valuable content that will help make you better and help us all become the men that God created us to be. So without further ado, guys, let's get going on this topic of what our language says about us. Now, not long ago, I tried out a new TV show, and it turned out to have far too much negative content to it, just things that I didn't need to see or hear. So we actually opted to not continue watching that show But at the beginning of it, there was a really good line that I really liked and thought was very relevant to this topic. And it, it was, it went something like this. Swearing is the evidence of a weak mind and weaker character. Too bad they didn't take that to heart when they were writing the show because that show had a little too much language in it, but it got me thinking about our language. And it's actually something I've, I've thought of over the last several years, but, um, just got me thinking on that topic again. And it's just kind of interesting as I meet more and more people, uh, both believers as well as those who don't profess to be believers anymore, it's become nearly impossible to discern the difference between the two if you just listen to how they speak. So my question to you as we start this episode is this, what does your language say about you? If we could just take a random excerpt uh, from your speech throughout the day, Would we be able to tell what kind of person you are and what you believe in by the way you speak? And this isn't just about using swear words or not. Like I said earlier, it's also about the gossiping, lying, participating in dirty jokes, negative talk about yourself or others or just life in general, all encompassing here. What does the language you use say about you? And does it line up with the man that you want to be or the man that you claim to be? Now, before we get too deep into this, I, I'm going to just really emphasize, 
I'm not the language police. I'm not here to decide for you what's okay or not okay for you. I'm not trying to insist on my personal standard for everybody else. None of that is what I'm trying to communicate in this episode. So I hope you guys will hear this for the heart that it is. But I just want you guys thinking about this. Like, what does my language, the the words I choose to say, what is it actually communicating about me as a person beyond what is just the communication of my words? Ultimately, again, the words you choose to use are between you and the Lord. But I'm going to make a case for not using crass language that the rest of the world does and for using language in a way that sets us apart. The main emphasis in this episode is going to be about the use of profanity, but we can just as easily interject any of these other aspects of language that I described a moment ago in, in place of, of profanity, if, if that's more relevant to what your language is about. Now, for those of you guys who might be on the swearing bandwagon, even if you're believers, uh, I know one, so I know one passage that is typically cited and used to defend swearing is in Philippians 3.8, where the Apostle Paul is is saying that he considers all of the advantages he has of being a Jew, being a Pharisee, as um, he considers them as dung compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. And a lot of people will use that as an example of Paul using profanity, saying that that original word, that Greek word that's used for dung was actually a swear word. So in my research for this episode, I started trying to do some some digging to, to objectively determine is the word that he used in the Greek truly a swear word or was it was it not? Or is it something something else? And I think to kind of determine that one of the things we need to define is what is considered a swear word. Is it anything that's slang or is it something different? So with that in mind, what determines if a word is a swear word or not? And ultimately my research showed that it's anything that wouldn't be used in polite conversation. So if you can't use that word, you know, around your mother, so to speak, um, or if you can't use that word, maybe in front of your pastor or something like that, or just again, in polite conversation, even where maybe children are around, um, those are various, maybe rules of thumb of what you can kind of infer are going to be used as swear words. I think deep down, we all kind of know what they are, but just for the sake of being thorough, let's just make sure that we're all on the same page right off the bat. Now, let's just look at this word. The word that Paul is using in the Greek, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, is a, is a Greek word that's pronounced skubala. Now, first of all, even if the Greek word skubala was a swear word, you'd really only have one example in all of the Bible that I'm aware of to support your stance. And I have no less than a dozen references to combat that. I'm no theologian, but the last time I checked, you can't build a doctrine on one verse. Second, as I did some digging to try to objectively determine if Paul was using a term that could be considered profanity for his day and time, well, I'm just going to read you ultimately what I found in this article. The author says, I did a search of two exhaustive databases of ancient Greek literature, Perseus and Thesaurus Lingae Graecia, to see if scubula functions as a swear word in Greek. I discovered that nowhere in all of ancient Greek literature is there a clear example of scubula functioning as a swear word or even as a rude word. 
I could not find a single place where it was used as an insult, invective curse, or interjection. In fact, the normal use of scubula in ancient Greek scholarly literature makes it almost impossible that it was ever a swear word. End quote. This is from an article written by Gary Manning Jr. in an article on the Good Book blog from Biola University. Okay, you concede. Paul didn't use a swear word. But what's the big deal? It's just a word. These are just you know random slang words that we use in society today. Most people aren't offended by them or even care that we use them. Everybody uses them, quote unquote. Or you might say, I only use it once in a while. Maybe maybe you only use it when you, you know, bash your thumb with a hammer. Or maybe you'll use it when you get really angry about something. Or maybe only when you, like, you really need to emphasize something. Well, allow me to submit to you for your consideration a few verses that stood out to me on why this is a big deal. I'm just going to read these verses off. Like I said, I've got a number of them here, but let's just kind of go through a few of them here that I feel like make a pretty strong case against using this kind of language. Matthew 12:33 through 36. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. James 3, 6 through 10. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 5.4 Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Luke 6.45 The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Exodus 20 verse 7 You shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Colossians 3.8 But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. James 1.26 If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. 2 Timothy 2.16 But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Colossians 4.6 Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Romans 12.2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the big deal is this. We're going to give an account for our words. Even the smallest infraction in our speech carries the evil of hell and is an offense against God's holiness. And offending a holy God is not a trifling thing. The tongue is the quickest and clearest indicator of a bad tree, and your words reflect the condition of your heart. Your words are like a fire, and a fire consumes everything. And even the smoke from the fire will permeate everything it touches and ruin the environment it's in. Your words are capable of impacting everything under your realm of influence. The word for corrupting refers to something that is foul or rotten. If you've ever smelled rotting meat, you know how offensive that smell is to your nose. If you've ever had to smell it for a prolonged period of time, you know that smell gets in your nose and in your brain so that you can still smell it even when the source of the smell has been removed. It's that bad. We should avoid foul language because it's inconsistent with our new nature in Christ. And we need to speak in a way that benefits others and is uplifting and encouraging, even in moments when we have to speak difficult truths to others. Talk that is filthy, foolish, or crude is out of place for men of God. God will not hold us guiltless for taking his name in vain, because it renders our religion worthless. And because our words are either death or life, there is no neutral. We harness the greatest powers for good and or evil in our tongues. It's ultimately a gateway into more and more sin. And because we're not to conform to this world, and conform indicates taking on an outward expression that doesn't reflect the truth of what and who we are on the inside, and because we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, And that word transformed is actually the Greek word from where we get our word metamorphosis, which means an external change has occurred. And we are to look different when we're transformed by God's word living in us. And coming back to the line that I started this episode with, because it's a sign of a weak mind and weaker character. But have you ever thought about why we feel the inclination to swear? I mean, seriously, why is it that When we bash our thumb or get angry or want to emphasize something, we immediately go to swearing. I mean, you might have some reasons in mind, but one thing that comes to my mind is that it's an impulse of the flesh. And how are we supposed to handle fleshly impulses? To quote scripture again, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. It's Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Now let's maybe look at this a little bit different way. I've made a biblical case for not using language, but let's take that aspect away for just a minute. And maybe for some of you listening who maybe don't claim to be a Christian or believe in the Bible, let's maybe look just more objectively at just what does generally your language say about you? And before I get into this, I want to clarify something. This isn't about being judgmental. Every single one of us is being evaluated pretty much every minute of every day. From the way that we dress to the way we speak, our entire outer appearance, the way we smell, our, the way we sound, our choice of words, how we deliver them, all of it is being used as, as an evaluation of who we are, 
what kind of person we are and what we stand for and, and what we're like. So it's not, I'm not talking about just being like judgmental on no basis. I'm talking about people evaluating who we are and what we're like on a regular basis. So I just want to make sure this is clear as we start this conversation. We're constantly being evaluated. It's ultimately an involuntary response that people have. When we first meet someone new, we're judging them within the first seven seconds what that person's like. It's not deliberate. It's not a statement of value on that person. We're just taking a snapshot and determining if this person is like us or not. So from your entire outer appearance to your greeting to your handshake, people are making determinations about you. For the people you're consistently around, they'll come know you and determine what's consistent about you over time. But the saying is true. You only get one chance at a first impression. And you don't want to have to overcome the stigma that someone made in their mind about you because you failed to represent yourself accurately. And I think this will also go for our language that we use. It could be that our language doesn't accurately represent who we are and what we believe in. So we need to make sure that that is also lining up with who we are as a person and what our values are. So getting into what your language says about you, if you are using foul language, at bare minimum, if you sound like every other guy on the street, it says you're average. It tells everyone around you that they can't really expect anything more from you than what they'd expect from any other guy they come across. It says that you're crass and rude. Even if the use of language doesn't bother you, it might bother the other person. And maybe they just don't like that kind of language, or, or maybe they get highly offended by it. But either way, the use of that foul language will tell that other person that you're not worried about them or how your language makes them feel. For some, it might even suggest that you're inconsiderate of them and their feelings or convictions. It will communicate that you're lacking in vocabulary and in your ability to effectively communicate in a way that's thoughtful and deliberate. In essence, it communicates the aforementioned quote that you have a weak mind and weaker character. It can even limit your relationships. There are people that have such a distaste for that kind of language, maybe even so much so that they'll limit their interactions with you simply because of the language you use. Again, I'm not saying they're being judgmental, I'm just saying that they know what they're willing to tolerate, and if your language isn't in line with that, you might be missing out on a really great relationship. In the world of, of business and networking, I mean, it's possible that you could miss out on an account with somebody just because of the language that you're using or the jokes you're telling. So you don't want to blow those kinds of relationships because of something as simple as the words you choose to use. And you might be thinking, what right does someone have to judge me because of what I say? Well, I'm going to go back to the Matthew 12 passage that a tree is known by its fruit. People aren't making a judgmental assumption about you that's not based in fact. They're making a determination based on the evidence you've given them. And if you don't like their determination, you don't have anywhere to look but in the mirror. And since your words are a reflection of the state of your heart, if you don't like what you see, you have to change what's in the mirror. I'm not saying you should just change your words. I'm saying that you need to change the state of your heart. If you're a believer, that means seeking forgiveness and repenting or turning from what you've been doing. You have to get your heart right before God and then let him do the work in you to change how your words reflect what is in your heart. If you're not a believer, 
You have to get right with God by admitting that you've offended a holy God by your actions and words. You have to admit that you can't ever do enough good on your own to earn his favor, and that Jesus is the only way that you can ever be made right before God. If you choose to believe that in your heart, you'll be amazed at the transformations that begin to happen in you. God accepts each and every one of us just as we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us that way. To wrap up, my case against the use of profanity and foul language, I'm going to go over those points really quickly again. Because we will give an account for every word we speak. Our tongue indicates the condition of our hearts. Your words are like a fire and will impact everything under your influence. We should avoid foul language because it's inconsistent with our new nature in Christ. Talk that is filthy, foolish, and or crude is out of place for men of God. It renders our religion worthless. There is no neutral. We're either using the power of life or the power of death in the words that we choose. Our words act as a gateway into more sin. And we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I hope this has been an impactful show for you today. This has been a tricky one for me to write and something I've really had to dig into and try to get a good grasp on. And I hope that this will at least give you something to think about that maybe your words mean more than just the sounds coming out of your mouth and that they don't amount to anything. Um, the one that particularly stands out to me is how it can render a religion worthless. If what I stand for as a believer can be rendered worthless because of the words I chose to say, that really makes me think twice about the words I'm using because I don't want to represent that the message of God's word is meaningless to me by the way I choose to live and the way I choose to speak. So I hope this one gives you a lot to think about. I hope it will impact you and the words you choose to say and that helps you realize that there is much more meaning in the words that we're saying and that people are making determinations about us each and every moment of every day from the way we look from the tip of our head to the bottoms of our feet. They're getting an impression of us and our words are adding to that impression. And I hope that that'll stand out for you guys as you consider the words you're using on a daily basis. That's it for this episode. I hope you guys will tune in next week for the next episode in the discipline of manliness podcast. If there's anything you feel like I missed in this episode, I'd love for you guys to reach out to me and let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear any thoughts you guys have on this. Uh, again, even if you are making a, a case for um, it being okay to use foul language, I'm comfortable hearing your thoughts. I'd love to know what it is you think, um, what basis you're, you're making that decision on, and I'd love to continue that conversation with you guys. So until next time, guys, keep practicing the discipline of manliness and have an amazing week.